MC Lobshire, the host of the Cash Ninja podcast and also the president and chief wealth and investment strategist of Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate cash flow banking, also known as infinite banking, with their business and investments. If you're interested in learning more about how we create strategies that integrate cash flow banking and investments to turbocharge them, you can access a video series at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Laubscher here. Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. And in today's show, we're going to look at how to evaluate the effectiveness of leadership teams. My guest today is Jack McGinnis. Jack has 25 years plus of experience working with leadership teams at organizations, big and small, across multiple industries. After serving as an airborne ranger with the United States Army's prestigious 10th Mountain Division, he helped build a successful boutique management consulting firm where he served as a COO for 13 years. Jack also served as the CEO of a contract packaging company where he developed a passion for unleashing the leadership capacity for teams throughout an organization. In 2009, Jack joined forces with a West Point classmate to form a relationship impact, a consulting firm focused on working with CEOs to unlock the potential of their leadership teams. He also serves as a senior professional instructor at the Johns Hopkins Carey School of Business, where he teaches courses on strategic management and human capital. He's also a contributing writer to the Chief Executive Magazine. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. Jack, welcome to the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, MC. Thanks so much for having me. Can you please share a little bit more about uh, your background and journey with my listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, I, my, my background really starts uh, from right after I graduated from college. Uh, I won't bore you with all the past before that, but I, I, um, I uh, went to a military college, and so I, I wound up spend being an infantry officer with the 10th mountain division 
and got some great, great leadership lessons right out of the starting gate as a 22-year-old lieutenant um, leading a troop of about 35 uh, infantry soldiers and yeah, learned some great lessons uh, right out of the starting gate. And so so that, that really serves as a foundation, learned a lot from uh, some, other, some, some great officers, but mostly from some non-commissioned officers uh, that were my platoon sergeant and my sergeants in my platoon that were several years older than me that had a lot of wisdom and a lot of experience to share. Um, from there, I, I helped, got a very lucky and started, helped start a cons- management consulting firm in 1992 with a, a guy who was about 15 years older than me from Deloitte Consulting and started his own firm. I wound up being his uh, first employee and wound up actually being the chief operating officer of, of, of a boutique management consulting firm. At our peak, we were around 50, 50 employees or so. And um, really, really great experience in terms of uh, being a green consultant and being a green manager of uh, of a you know going concern and and uh, so learn another another great ripe um, what do you call it uh, sandbox for me to learn a lot about uh, myself as a leader um, some good stuff and some not so good stuff and also uh, uh, to help grow grow you know the trials and tribulations of growing a professional services firm. Um, from there, I, 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 I uh, was looking for a new adventure about 13 years in of, of, of that experience. And then with a couple of partners, I bought a contract packaging company up in your, sort of near your neck of the woods, uh, maybe a little west of you in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And we, we, um, we had customers like Unilever, Godiva, Hershey, and we packaged, um, did a lot of club store packaging, um, a whole, a whole bunch, a whole host of packaging type services for for big consumer product companies, and again, another uh, set of trials and tribulations. Some great, we you know, we did a great job um, taking a family run business and 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 turning it around, um, and got a little too cocky and uh, got destroyed in the financial crisis. We were a little bit over leveraged. Uh, Financial crisis hit in 2000, 2007, 2008, and uh, we we took a we took a bath. So I I, I learned I uh, don't I wouldn't recommend this to anyone else, but I learned uh, how to take a company through bankruptcy, and um, I, I learned some some good stuff. I had a, a C, CFO who was about fifteen, a little over fifteen years older than me, that helped me through a very very trying period of uh, time personally and professionally in my life, but a lot, a lot of great lessons from that as well. And then uh, in 2009, I started with a classmate of mine from college that I met when I was 17. We, uh, we started Relationship Impact, uh, which is a consulting firm that works with growing companies, works with the executive teams of growing companies to help the executive teams be... Um, you know, stay in sync culturally, operationally, strategically, so that they can really help accelerate the growth uh, and scale of their companies. And so that's really where I am right now. That's what I do now. And lots, lots of uh, leadership lessons throughout the course of my, my journey. And, and, um, and I get to work with entrepreneurs that are pursuing the American dream every day. And, and, um, you know, 
putting putting their hard work and and effort and growing employee bases and 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 uh, you know going through some of the same struggles and that that I went through and I, I try to impart some of my uh, my lessons and experience uh, going through those those challenges uh, with my clients as well. So that's that's kind of my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, yeah, any questions you have, just fire away. Yeah, I know. So leadership is is obviously a crucial part of a business and a leadership team. And it certainly is a journey with a lot of uh, like entrepreneurship is a, is a journey of self-discovery. Uh, leadership is, is similar to that. Um, now, a lot of the, uh, the leadership uh, development that you had uh, started with the military and it develops phenomenal leaders uh, that uh, that come out into society after their their uh, their lives in the military is over, and they they always rise to the top within leadership positions in a lot of uh, uh, organizations. What are some of the things that you learned in the military uh, with relating to developing leaders and becoming a better leader and growing as a leader? Um, well, I learned very quickly that humility is uh, one of the a, a huge um, trait characteristic whatever you want to call it, um, that, that the best leaders have a strong sense of, sense of humility and, uh, you know, uh, re- are able to recognize that they don't know ev- everything. They, uh, they have a strength of character be- behind them that uh, enables them to admit when they've done something wrong. Um, and they give credit where credit's due. And I, I learned humility at, at very, very much out of the starting gate. Um, I, I grew up in a humble background, blue collar area in New York, uh, raised outside of New York City. Um, so I, so I, had, I sort of had that as a base. But to be honest with you, um, I, w- I went to West Point and at West Point, they do some great stuff. But one of the, st- one of the things they, they did that they don't do as much now, which is a good thing, is that they, they, uh, they, kind of give you the sense that you're you're the most important thing in the world and you're yeah you're you're great right you're a great you're great at uh great you're smart you're talented you're you know learn learning the tools and tricks of being a great leader and 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 i think a lot of that is true but you come out and then you get stuck in a platoon or assigned to a platoon and you very really quickly realize that if uh, if you don't have a sense of humility, you're it's it's uh, you're going to crash pretty quickly. Um, and very gently, your if you have a good platoon sergeant, you know, and the age difference between a platoon leader and platoon sergeant about ten to twelve years, and uh, uh, they very quickly will put you in your place uh, in a very <laughs> respectful way. And I you know, unfortunately, I learned a couple of those lessons. You you think you're really in charge and you're trying to take charge and do the right thing, but you. You, you, you got to know what you don't know, too. So Absolutely. Humility is a key, 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 key attribute. Now, in organizations and within companies, there's, there's leadership teams, right? You're all yeah. part of the team. What are some of the characteristics that you've seen of great leadership teams? Yeah, and so from our, from our perspective, great leadership teams have a few uh, key characteristics. First and foremost, um, they uh, are... This what's what's the what's that catchphrase? We call it force the force multiplier effect, right? The right. the individual contributions of any one team member uh, mm-hmm. are not as great as the contributions of of the of the whole. Um, 
uh, of of all the team members. And so force contribution, force multiplier effect is huge. They have impact way beyond the contributions of any one team member. Um, I think I think the other thing is you know t- teams are in leadership teams, executive teams are in place to get results, right? And so executive teams are the, the really great executive teams that we work with we work with are really laser focused on what's most important and um and then two other things i think that are very important that over time great leadership teams build their capacity to solve increasingly challenging more complex problems over time right and so they they build that capability to uh, and trust and uh, the ability to deal with tough, uh, have tough conversations with each other, and they build their capacity to to deal with um, uh, increasing challenges. And maybe most importantly, is that great leadership teams have a sense of resiliency, an ability to get back on the horse when they fall off, right? And and you know, the, nothing's perfect. There's no linear path in growing a company, and uh, so. Yeah, having resilience is huge. How can the leaders set up uh, these leadership teams for success? What are some of the uh, the things that they can put in place as far as an infrastructure? Yeah, so so that's a great question because because there's from our perspective there's two sides of uh, of a, a great executive team. You know, two sides of the coin. The, the, the first side is the structural stuff, like. Um, who's on the team, what are the roles of the players on the team, uh, simple blocking and tackling things like how well do they manage their meetings? Do they manage them productively or not? I know that sounds like a trivial issue, but in our work, uh, we find that you know those teams that manage their meetings well, that have a structure, that have an agenda, that kind of stuff, they, they, they really are more productive. Um, and then, you know, what kind of rhythm, management rhythm do they have? You know, are they, are they setting time aside to talk about the strategic things when they need to talk about strategic things and operational stuff when they need to talk about operational stuff? Or, or do they let the operational day-to-day dictate um, all the work that they do? And so there's the whole set of structural things that, need to, that the, the team really needs to, to commit to. And then there's a whole set of re- relational things. And there's a strong interplay between these two things two sets of factors, right? So relational fact, relational items are like, you know, is there a sense of trust on the team? Do the, do the, do the, do the team members um, trust the intentions and the motivations of each other? Um, and from there, do, are they able to have the tough conversations about the most important things they're addressing uh, in a productive way that, you know, leaves minimal relational scars? They don't, they're not, you know, the defensiveness is, is yeah, defensiveness is always going to be there. But do they let that get in the way? Do they act in passive aggressive way, or do they do they, do they are they able to to deal with tough things head on? And if they're able to do that, we we often see uh, teams that are able to hold each other accountable without just the authority, uh, the CEO, the general manager, whatever, holding them. Uh, accountable. They're really able to hold each other accountable. So those two sets of forces, the the structural and the relational, uh, are getting those things set up um, well. Uh, are are will really get a, a get a team off on the right track or re 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 uh, energized or 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 reset 
you know, to, uh, focus on those sets of factors really, really uh, enable teams to, you know, to be, to be the, the great leadership teams that we talked about earlier. Uh, you've mentioned the re- the relationship part of it too, because you know we're de- we are dealing with humans, and we yeah, that's humans, right. <laughs> we're a strange we're a strange species. Um, what are some other challenges besides that relationship factors that uh, that teams uh, need to overcome uh, to and and quite frankly potential challenges that could hold them back and impact the success and the impact that they have within their industry and business. The understanding. Uh, uh, not we we see a lot of companies that uh, have grown from an idea or a product or a service, and then all of a sudden that service really works really well, and then they build another service, and you know all of a sudden they have a company, and they have uh, now they have a, a team of of people that have been running parts of that, you know everything from uh, the finances to the the products to the service. And the, at some point, they need to step back and think about where are we going, right? And so it's really stepping back and looking at strategically, what are we trying to do here? What's our, what's our purpose as an organization beyond this product or service that we're, uh, that we're selling? And taking a look at what the, you know, the basic blocking and tackling strategic things, like what are, who are our competitors, uh, who are, who are, um, what's the market we're serving and is, are we going to market the right way? Are we tripping over each other, um, going to market with the, with, uh, services that may be complementary but confusing to the market. So really stepping back and taking a look at, um, strategically, um, where, where they're going and what the market looks like, who the competitor, who the competitors are, who they're strategic partners need to be those those types of things you're listening to jack mcginnis on the cashflow ninja podcast we'll be right back off to a word from our sponsors life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk it's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors and if you're an accredited investor you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential you can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements Blockchain technologies and cryptocurrencies will not only disrupt money, but every industry on the planet. These new innovations and technologies will affect every area of your life in the future. The cryptocurrency course teaches you everything that you need to know about getting started and profiting with cryptocurrencies and includes expert training from the top crypto experts in the world. You'll learn how to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrencies, how to safely store your crypto, how to become a sound investor, even if you're just a beginner, and how to apply blockchain technology to your business. You can watch a free crypto masterclass and grab the crypto course at cashflowninja.com forward slash crypto course. You're listening to Jack McGinnis on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and I'm back to our interview. 
uh, how do you measure the effectiveness of a team when you kind of do an um, an audit, I guess, for a lack of a better better term? When you when you look at how the team's performing, how, is it difficult to measure the effectiveness? How do you find areas for improvement? What's the what's the process for evaluation? Sure. So there's two there's two sets of uh, metrics in terms of success of a team, right? The ultimate success metrics for an executive or leadership team or the business results that the organization produces or doesn't produce, right? And so over time, the long-term, you know, how a board or how a set of investors is going to measure a leadership team on or the CEO and and his or her leadership team is the business results, right? And so that's, that's, that's number one, that's clear. However, there's a set of factors that, that um, can be measured and diagnosed to make sure that we're on the right track to getting those business results, right? And so I talked a little bit earlier about the structure and relational factors. We, we start each engagement with a diagnostic. We, we work with an organization called Team Coaching International. It has a great uh, validated instrument. It's been around for about 12 years now, uh, thousands of teams uh, have been through this instrument. And so what it measures are seven relational factors and seven uh, structural factors. And it gives a real, and, and it looks at it from a systems perspective, the team's perspective. So we get the executive team to take it. We get sometimes the board to take it. We get the direct reports of the executive team to take it. So we have sort of a 360 view on how this team is functioning from a structural and relational perspective. Um, and, and it gives some great insights into okay, where are we at right now? And so I'll give you a couple of examples, right? I'm working with a team right now that that in terms of their inability to communicate constructively with each other, they're challenged, right? And so it's, it's also, there's a correlation between that constructive interaction and their ability to make decisions well and not kind of repeat or churn on decisions over and over again because they're afraid to talk to each other about them, right? And so, so it, it gives you a, a baseline for take, for, uh, identifying a num- what are the key roots that are getting in your way and then really being able to attack, th- attack those. Some, some might be structured, like we don't really manage our meetings very well, so we're going we're gonna to really do a good job at, at, at uh, being more structured in how we manage our meetings. Or we don't manage conflict where, very well, so we're going we're gonna to do some, st- some you know, basic blocking and tackling work to, to repair or to improve trust on our team so we're able to talk to each other uh, more directly without defensiveness, right? And so over the, those are the, that, that baseline um, instrument gives you an ability six to 12 months from now to take a look again at how are we doing with those things. And these are really predictive. Uh, it's, it's really a, what, what, what we call a, a, an objective way of measuring a fairly subjective topic, right? That gives right. you some predictive metrics on how well you're going to get to those business results, right? And so that's that's the uh, that's that's how we work with companies to measure their effectiveness, as or executive teams to measure their effectiveness. I like it that there's many different metrics because uh, you could be kind of almost. Uh, 
Yeah, you could almost have a false sense of security because in a rising tides, you know, all boats usually yeah. float up to the top. So usually when there's an explosion within an industry, yeah, the company's doing well, the numbers looks fantastic and you can't keep up with uh, with all the orders, for instance, that you have in. And then all of a sudden when the tide goes out, as Warren Buffett would say, then you see really who's been swimming naked and all of those little things um, that, were out of check or out of balance within a team or an organization that's really under the microscope that's that's right and you know and, and because obviously the work the work that we do we're, we're working with executive teams or leadership teams and growing companies right now our premise is that if the leadership team is humming the likelihood of the rest of the organization humming is a lot greater Right. Now, a couple of tactical things, because we have some business owners, we have entrepreneurs, investors. What are some of the th steps that they can to do um, uh, and implement within their own business as far as looking at, do I have the right leaders in place? Basically, yeah. that would, be the, that would yeah. be the first question if you go into your organization and see, yeah, maybe business is okay, but is my leadership position uh, or my leadership team rather, do I have the right keep, uh, members uh, in place? Yeah. And so I, the, the first thing you do is define what it is that you want your team to be doing. You know, what, uh, there, are many, there are many organizations where the leadership team or the executive team is a compilation of the CEO's direct reports. And really, it's a, a communications and reporting function. And that is one way to manage. There's no question about it. But if that's the case, then the definition of who's on that team and what their capabilities are uh, are are markedly different than an organization that is has a set purpose for their executive team. And what I mean by that is is businesses go through different business cycles, right? And so what we typically see is a, a, a executive team is laser focused on collectively addressing the issues that are facing it at that point in that juncture in their business cycle. So I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a, you know, a professional services firm I'm working with in New York, or I worked with last year in New York um, that had a huge customer concentration, about a $75 million firm, about 80% of their or more of their revenue was with one customer. So obviously, you know, they had grown very quickly with one customer and that's, that's a great thing. But now at the point we were working with them, the pro their focus was laser focused on how do we reduce that customer concentration? How do we approach the market uh, and go to market in our different lines of business um, in a, in a, in a strategic way so that we're not tripping each other over each other when we're going to customers, for example. And so that team has to have a set of executives or leaders that are really in sync, aligned, collaborative, able to play, able to disagree with each other, able to understand other people's, other, others' perspectives, Versus the other the other team that's more of a you know more of a uh, uh, reporting out more of a one on one relationship with the CEO who's driving the ship. 
Um, so getting a sense for what, where your organization's at and what you're trying, what your team, what your executive team is, is there to accomplish is a, a very basic starting point for the types of people you need on a team and the types of leaders you need on a team. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and if you hire though, uh, also, are you, what's your philosophy on bringing in folks? Is it bringing in the right people and finding a role for them that suits their strengths, or is it hiring specific for a position and a role to fill that within that team? You know, that's a hard one to answer. To be honest with you, I really, I, I guess, you know, I, I hate to be evasive, but that, it sort of depends. But you know, if it, I'll just t- tell you my experience in running uh, uh, two companies now. Um, one is the COO and one is the CEO. I, I, I would definitely hire for uh, leadership capability and potential and smarts and talent versus, um, you know, a specific, uh, necessarily a specific expertise, if that makes sense. Obviously, there are positions, you know, you can't hire someone to be a CFO that doesn't have good <laughs> finance experience. But, I, you know, I, I, I would definitely definitely lean on the side of someone that has uh, values that are in sync with my organization's values and that has, you know, smarts and talent. Gotcha. Uh, now, one habit I've observed from very wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new yeah. skill sets. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? Yeah, that's a great question. I am, I am a junkie. As I'm looking at my bookshelf here, I got books from, you know, <laughs> basically uh, from leadership to psychology to um, engineering right and in terms of how you, how you put all those concepts together to be to be the, uh, to help a leadership team best be the best they can be I guess one of the things I'm I'm really laser focused on right now is the topic of self-awareness and there's a great book by a uh, young organizational psychologist named Tasha Yurik called Insight that um, has gotten me over the last six months to do a lot more reading on self-awareness and, re- and it's some of it's very thick and I wouldn't recommend uh, uh, reading a lot of but but Tasha Yurik's book on 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 um, self-awareness is huge because at the at the heart of a great leader and a great leadership team member is the ability to be self-aware. And there's two sides of self-awareness. There's, there's my understanding of, of what, who I think I am, but the most important part is what do other people think? You know, am I self-aware enough to know what my teammates, how my teammates see me? And do I ask for feedback? Do I ask question, the, the next question to understand, to get folks to, to get a sense for where folks see me? Right. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm sort of in that, that, ex, that continual search for more on self-awareness at this point. Now, our core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them, to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? The number one would be humility. And we talked about that earlier in the discussion. Number two would be uh, what Carol Dweck calls um, a growth mindset, 
which means that I have a curiosity behind me. I have a sense of wanting uh, that my experience is great, but it's not all that's out there, that there are other people with other, other perspectives. And really a, a growth mindset is a really a learning mindset. And I, I, you know, I'm pretty passionate about that. Um, and then the third thing is a, a basic uh, integrity. Um, I, I grew again, I grew up in a pretty blue collar area and, and uh, it was pretty black and white in our house. <laughs> uh, and, and so integrity is huge. Um, so humility, a growth mindset and integrity are, are huge values. And, and I, I think, boy, if more people had those three things, uh, the world would definitely be a better place. Absolutely. Jack, anything that you're excited about for the rest of 2018? Any projects that you're involved with? Um, you know, I'm in the, the very early, very, very early stages of uh, a concept for a book um, that I'm um, spending my free time just, you know, jotting down notes and organizing my thoughts. And, and uh, you know, I'm probably a year and a half, two years away from it. But, uh, but that's, you know, that's I, I've just in the last couple months, I've gotten myself uh, really on vacation. I started getting myself focused and organizing my thoughts around, you know, how do I how do I get um, get this new concept or this book kind of shaped so I can uh, start writing it in 2019. Very exciting stuff. Um, Jack, where can my listeners learn more about you, what you do, your company and stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Yeah, so so my website is uh, relationship-impact.com, um, and for those folks that are uh, on you know on listening to this this uh, this show, um, I have a, comp- a complimentary um, offer for general managers, CEOs, um, C-suite executives that want to take a a uh, team diagnostic on their team, so it gives them a point of um, a point of reference on on how well they they see their team working. Um, I'd be happy to uh, to uh, folks to come to my website. There's a there's a uh, a complimentary offer um, assessment leadership team assessment on the website. Great, great. Well, thank you for making that available, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. MC, thank you so much for your time. Um, I've I've listened to a whole bunch of your uh, your your podcast in in preparation for our talk, and and I'm really impressed with the work that you do. And and boy, you got some powerful guests on there. Thank you. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com or text Ninja to 44. 
222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.